The reading is from 1 Corinthians 10.13. No testing has overtaken you that is not common to everyone. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tested beyond your strength. But with the testing, he will also provide the way out so that you may be able to endure it. All right, before I get started, Mom, does my hair look okay? No? Sorry. All right, well, another year at Camp Utaba has come and gone. In two weeks, we had a youth and an elementary camp. We had a combined total of around 53 campers, spanning the ages 8 to 16. These campers were aided by 23 faculty and staff and one great pastor. Now, if that's not something to praise the Lord about, I don't know what is. We also want to thank you for your prayers this week, because even with all those people, we only got Tracy, the camp manager, really angry at us once. There are lots of stories I could tell you about camp this year. I could tell you about how Matt Clausen and I found a dead bat and put it in the director's cabin. I could tell you about how early one morning, Holly discovered the coffee machine was not working, and she turned to me and said, we have a big problem. I've never been more afraid for campers' lives in over 10 years at Camp Utaba. I could tell you about the sad realization Jack Price had when we were tinfoiling the pastor's car in the middle of the night, and he turned to me and said, I just realized this is the car I'm driving home in. There are funny stories like when sleep-deprived camp directors dance to YMCA just like marshmallows. There are strange stories like how my last pair of clean boxers got padlocked to the flagpole one morning. I suspect the junior counselors. There are stories that you would not understand unless you were there, like how the boys from my cabin had an open casket funeral for one of our mattresses. And Lane, a camper, worked the crowd and would say things like, I know you had your differences, but it would mean so much to mat the mattress that you came. There are always these kind of stories at camp, but there are also stories of acts of great faith and love. Some are small, like when I arrived late to the younger camp, and one of the boys gave up his extra bunk so that I could have a place to stay for the next two nights. Or how one of the girls missed snack time just so she could help clean up the craft room. Some of the experience with, Jesus's, with Jesus are life-changing. For example, in small group time, a young boy expressed to me his struggles with an alcoholic grandfather. And a young girl became misty-eyed at her description of her mother's time in the hospital with brain cancer. I am more and more impressed with the child's capacity to love and of our God's faith in us with every passing year at Camp Utaba. Over the years, I've preached three times on Camp Sunday, including one at Utaba. Each year, I try and think of the best image, the most iconic thing that reminds me of the place that I love so much. I try and think of the thing that comes home with me more than anything else, the one substance that is so deeply enriched in my mind, my body, and my soul after I leave camp. And after doing some laundry last night, I can tell you with all certainty that it's dirt. If you ever sent a child or an acquaintance to camp, they come home with two things, big smiles on their faces and dirt everywhere. It's on their clothes, it's caked on their feet, it's on that random pair of socks that don't belong to them but somehow got in their luggage. 
The dirt's all over their shoes, sleeping bags, towels, toothbrushes, pants, hats, shirts, and it's in between the pages of their Bibles. It seems as if the dirt and dust have encompassed every aspect of their being. And I have to say, there's nothing more important at camp than getting really, really, indescribably dirty. This is because dirt, with very few exceptions, is a lot like Christ's love for us. Each year, the campers arrive clean and wary of the dirt that is about to surround them at camp. However, as the week goes on, they work their way through Bible drills, games, small group time, chapel, and most importantly, personal discovery of their relationship with God. And after all this, they find that dirt starts to rub off on them. As more and more dirt enters their lives, they begin to share the dirt with each other, with counselors, with directors, with camp managers, and soon the whole camp's looking pretty dirty. When their parents come to pick up the children, they seem to be assailed by the dirt of Jesus' love that is now in every part of their child's lives. And as they go to leave camp, the dirt goes with them. However, at camp and at church, it is easy to get dirty in Christ's love. It is simple to feel the love of Jesus and hope for the future. But if dirt is a metaphor for Christ's love, then we live in a world that is becoming more and more focused on cleanliness. Being dirty has become unfashionable. This is because being knee-deep in Christ's love can get a little messy. How many of you used to jump in muddy puddles when it rained when you were younger? <laughs> it's good that you still do. When you were younger, you know, you, you didn't think anything of it, but do you do it anymore? Do you think you're too old or too mature? Have you grown out of silly things like getting dirty? At some point, we all grow out of the child that was smiling and standing in the doorway full of mud. This is how society views faith and believers today. They might have gone to church as a child, but lots of people see faith as an immature waste of time. As part of one of the games I played with the elementary school camp, I tricked them into helping me with this sermon. I had them write down two problems that faced Christian youth, and I also had them write down the thing they thought was most important about being a Christian. Now, some of the answers were funny. Uh, one person said that the hardest part of being a Christian was that at camp they had really bad water pressure. Now, that's hard. I, I get that. Taking this in stride, there were lots of great answers. Some children said coming to church on Sunday was hard. Others said that being nice to people you didn't like was the hardest part. The most enlightening thing for me was that these children found love, or a variation on love, to be the most important aspect of being a Christian. Even at this young age, these children came to the same conclusion that Jesus did about the most important commandment, which is love. They did not say faith or hope. They did not think the most important thing was getting people to sit in the pews on Sunday. They were not interested in rebuilding houses or raking yards. They did not feel obligated to read the Bible every day. They were not over-focused on prayer. Now these are all great things, 
but in a world where politicians are obsessed with negative advertisement, in a world where 925 million people are starving, in a world where a person can bring tear gas to a movie theater, these children believed in love. And that's an amazing thing. It is easy to overcomplicate things. It is easy to feel the love of Jesus at church or at camp. In the verse today from Psalms, it says, He will cover you with his feathers, and other his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. So God's faith in us reaches beyond the places that we find sacred. He will be there for us wherever we go. So why is it so easy to be a Sunday Christian and a Monday capitalist? I can tell you from personal experience that it's easy to wash the dirt off and be just like everybody else. Sorry, I lost my spot. Oh, here at First Baptist Church, I have to admit that sometimes I kind of feel like a rock star. I feel the love of the Lord and my summers are filled with faith and with hope. I work at camp, I preach when I can, I sing in the choir, I give exceptionally good hugs, and I am always smiling. However, I'm not always this religious rock star that you see at church. This year at school, I returned to college with the dirt of the summer still fresh on my soul. I felt the love of Christ ever present in my life. I was happy, and I wanted to share the love of Jesus with the world. However, time and distance took its toll. I could not find a church in North Carolina with which to express my faith, and the school year had been giving me nothing but hard times and struggles. I find myself wanting more and more to wash the dirt of Jesus' love and make myself clean. I felt abandoned and alone. My parents called me every day and sent me lots of love. They tried to steer me back to God's love with prayers, but I could not see the point. I had attempted to take three extra credit courses at different colleges. I took medical anatomy and physiology, as well as a medical kinesiology and a medical biology course, and I was struggling. On top of this, my dancing, the most important thing to me, had taken me nowhere. In previous years, I had been awarded with more and more prominent roles, and this year was my big year for the leads. However, I was left with small appearances, while my girlfriend, my best friend, and truly one of the worst people I have ever met danced all of the leads. I sat in the audience every night as they fulfilled their dreams and mine slowly slipped away from me. With the added workload, I was also asked to be on the Dean's search committee, which was a large time commitment of about 10 hours a week with research and meetings. So I was working hard and being rewarded with nothing, and I had no immediate religious family to help me stay dirty. I lost all faith in God. I felt abandoned. I felt so alone that I did not even think to reach out to this church family here in Utah. I did drastic things. I threw away my Bible, I stopped wearing my cross, and I started meeting with a counselor once a week. I know this might seem strange because you are always used to seeing me at my most religious, here at church. But this was the greatest free fall from faith I had ever experienced in my entire life, 
and I had no idea who to turn to for help. I had lost my dream, and it seemed I was working hard to do so. I remember days without sleep. I remember taking days off of school to do nothing more than watch TV, and a deep feeling in my gut of being lost and alone. Then, something happened. I had taken the day off school because I had lied and told them that I was sick. I had watched about five hours straight of MythBusters before I decided to take a walk around campus. I started walking and eventually found myself by the volleyball court, where I saw a girl that I knew. Her name was Julianne. She was an actress in my same year, but she had been cut from their main stage production of a streetcar named Desire. She was sitting alone in the volleyball court, reading the Bible. I remember thinking to myself that she was so naive to be out here reading when she could be using her time studying in the library. She looked up from her book and she smiled at me. If I could see my own face at this time, I'm sure there would have been a frown upon my lips. Then she waved me over. I could not move. I felt stuck. That feeling of loneliness seemed to be weighing so heavy on my soul that I could not move. Then she stood up, came over to me, and said, "Hey, Tommy, do you want to come sit by me?" I thought, how could she be so happy when nothing seemed to be going right for her? So I took her by the hand, and there we were in the volleyball court, sitting together in silence. She read to herself, and I merely kept her company. After about an hour, she turned to leave without a word, and I went back to my dorm room. But something had happened. I started walking home, and as I did, I put my hands in my back pockets, only to find that some of the dirt from the volleyball court had wound up in my pocket. I wish I could tell you that the rest of the story was like a Disney movie, but that I came running back to God full of faith. But I have a secret for you: life's not a Disney movie. Things went slowly. There were lots of ups and downs. But by the middle of spring semester, I was sitting next to Julianne every Thursday after school, in silence, getting more and more dirty. During this time, I often thought about all the people here in Utah. I thought about camp and the people that impacted my life there: Wendy, Lisa, Pastor Curtis, Aldewear, and Doug Huntsman, who touched my life up in the wilderness. Even those who might not realize it, like my campers, Matt and Nick. Back when he was shorter than me, also Megan, Taylor, Caitlin, Rachel. With the thoughts of those that I loved, and the memories of camp, I took things step by step, and Jesus led me to a very important realization that I want you to sh- to take with you today. He never left me alone. He had been with me the whole time, guiding me with a gentle hand, so that I could make a discovery for myself. Sitting silently in the dirt next to my friend, I was as far from being the church rock star that you see as I could possibly be. But in this place, I found what it looked like from the outside in. God wanted me to see faith and what faith looked like when I didn't have any. When I look back on these times in my life, I think of the Bible verse that we read from Corinthians. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man, and God is faithful. 
He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up underneath it. This can be misleading for some. At least it was for me. And I think it might be for all of us who grew up with a faith background. Temptation can come in big packages. But for me, my faith was not shattered by temptation, but by time. Life can be hard. And the grind day to day can make us wash the dirt of Jesus' love away. We might not even realize it, but we can lose our faith little by little. So to keep our faith with us, we just need to get, well, a little bit dirty. Play in the mud of Jesus' love for all of us and let his glory wash over you. That Camp Utaba dirt is not just for Sundays. Here at First Baptist Church, we have an opportunity to hold hands with our fellow man and rub a little bit of dirt, a little bit of Jesus' love off, off on them. Because Jesus' love is not a whisper. Jesus' love is a shout. The song, we will shout it from a mountaintop, praise God. So, as you reflect on camp and you think about your day-to-day -day life, I hope that you brush some dirt off on everyone that you meet. You never know when someone might just need a little dirt in their pocket.